One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. True Hauntings is a frightfully good production. Described as the closest thing to hell on a sign made by an inmate incarcerated for stealing chickens, the Licking County Jail ceased operations in 1987 after 98 years of operation. Experienced investigators and guests have captured full-blown apparitions, recorded ghastly EVPs that chilled to the bone, encountered disembodied voices, chanting and the slamming of jail cell doors. This place has had some of the most sensational and memorable inmates, including Laura Devlin, who was given another name after her dastardly crime. So it's highly likely that many of these prisoners will still be calling this place home. Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And in this episode of the True Hauntings podcast, we lock ourselves away with the dead and deadly inmates of Old Licking County Jail. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the centre of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turned to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. And welcome back to the studio, Anne, and all of our listeners this week. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. And hi, Renata. Hello, Anne. I've I've been listening back and I say Renata. I don't say Renata. Mm -hmm. I don't sound a T. It's my Aussie accent. It's just creeping in everywhere. Yes. Such bad diction. Like Farrah and Farrah. (laughs) Yes, apparently I went a little too far, Yes, so Renata tells me. She's listening to it today. And um, (laughs) Hey, look, we did get Bonnie to bleep it at least. Yes. That was the week that I think I had the tooth removed. I was slightly off my chops on pain medications. You were. You were. Hey, um, fun episode, I'm sure. uh, Look, we... The... the, um, Comments should be rolling in very soon. <laughs> I still what don't. Was, what was Anne on that week? <laughs> <laughs> Panadine Fort. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Oh, dear. Um, all right. So when this comes out, it's just over a month till we go. Oh. 
Am I hanging out? Oh. Yes, I am. Yeah, we, we, we will make it. We, yep. we will, we, we're going to try and throw in a little extra weekend because we, we ended up moving a date and um, it left us with a Saturday free. We thought, oh, let's nick away somewhere to somewhere haunted for the night with Cousin Steve and mm-hmm. do some filming. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if you haven't noticed, we have started putting the UK footage up. So head over to our YouTube channel, Anne and Renata Frightfully Good, and you will see our UK trip. Now we're starting off in New Forest. New Forest. And wow, didn't I get a surprise during the middle of the night? Oh yes, but that's in part two. <gasps> I know. That doesn't come out in part one. I know. But we we did have to share our room with a ghost and we weren't expecting it. No. At all. No. So that was um that was fun. But for you guys, for our lovers of true hauntings, we've started a new um, what do they call it? It's a channel, is it? It's not a channel. It's a um, listing called Seriously Weird. It's under Anne and Renata Frightfully Good Playlist. That's the word I'm looking for, a new playlist. Now, now this is on YouTube. On YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know how you guys love the soundscapes? The soundscapes. Yeah. Well, it's true ghost stories read by myself and read by Renata as well uh, with a little bit of music and vibey stuff behind it uh, read on YouTube so that you can listen to it at your leisure. So please go and check it out. We're a little bit proud of this, actually. We think it sounds pretty good if we do say so ourselves. Mm. Are you enjoying doing the soundscapes? Yes, I am. Because you don't normally get that opportunity. No, I've, I don't. I've hogged it. <laughs> You've done over a hundred. Oh my God! Oh, when you say it like that, mm-hmm. um, and also uh, there is part three, which I think is coming out. Oh, it'll be out by the time you guys listen to it. Is one about a Ouija board, which Renata did, and I love it. It's really seriously weird. But anyway, pop over there, check that out. But it's been an interesting week in the paranormal world, hasn't it, Renata? For yes, us, yes. Um, we're Beyond getting news for them. Yeah, we're getting uh, a whole lot of uh, yes, and this will be a couple of weeks old by the time you you're listening to it. But there's a whole lot of stuff going on over in America with regard to some of the teams and um, some major players in the paranormal world, and yeah, some shuffling and some um, chatter now that. Uh, they're allowed to talk about things that have happened and how they feel, their hearts. Yep. Their hearts yep. are hurting. They're hurt. They're hurt. But there was actually nothing to do with the NDAs, according to the person who spoke out. There was no NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, and there was going to be all this stuff where um, people were saying they were going to admit that there was faking of stuff in the ghost hunting TV shows, and Renata and I were rubbing our hands together in pure joy that the truth would finally come out, but no, nothing happened. No. Is this just a big furphy to get people back on and um, lifting the vibe so that they're back waiting for something really juicy to happen? And you know it's not going to because it's like, you know, married at first sight. You wait for this stuff to happen and really there's no clangor in the end. Is it a big PR stunt? Yeah, is it? That's what I'm thinking. Is, Is it a big PR stunt to get eyes on these shows again because their numbers have dropped a little bit? I don't know. But I, 
And look, I don't think that the people involved would ever say that uh, evidence was faked or anything was faked, because if they were part of that series initially as well, they would have to admit that they were faking stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So it's never going to come out. No, no. Never. But... You just stick to like we do. We stick to the way we do things. We're not going to fake anything. We'll always try to offer a logical explanation. And people will either follow us or they won't. They'll follow the ones. You did a Google search on words. Yes. And uh, we looked up paranormal investigators. We looked up ghosts. We looked up everything. What was the top word, Renata? Demon. By miles. By miles. By miles, miles and miles. So that's what the customers are looking for. Mm. That's what the listeners and the viewers are looking for. And we just don't believe in that stuff. Yeah, and you have to put it in all of your titles so that it, it yeah, comes you up. For your SEO. Otherwise, yeah. you get no eyes on there. So uh, if you have someone out there that you think is doing a good job and they're not doing all this hype, let them know they're doing a good job and support their stuff and share it round. Uh, because we've, we've got to keep the the non-sensational ones doing well. And, they, and there are plenty in the field that are doing awesome awesome work and they do not get the recognition because you've got a couple of big names out there that are hogging everything yep so yes share the love around guys and as Anne said if someone's doing a really great job send them send them a message and go hey guys we we love your work i'm waiting for thousands of messages to come through now (laughs) it does it it makes your heart sing because a lot of these people are putting their time their energy and their money into all of these things they're not funded at all Mm -hmm. um and so to hear some really good feedback is just awesome and a big shout out to all our supporters thank you for listening every week thank you for downloading our episodes thank you for sharing our episodes we are doubling down really hard at the moment to help try and grow our community so we thank you guys for being there and uh, helping us out Um, also apologies this episode if you hear snoring in the background that will be the dogs (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get to it all right For this investigation, we were joined by our good friends Jason and Ryan from Paranormal Quest and Beth Darlington from Access Paranormal. It was a wonderful experience being able to collaborate and work together, not to mention so much fun. Strange occurrences seemed to begin as soon as we started. Our lovely hosts, Holly and Terry, took us around the building to show us the lay of the land and also fill us in on the history and deaths there. Only about 10 minutes into the tour, we all heard the giggling of a child in the room with us. This immediately got our attention. In one of the cell blocks, we also got the sound of somebody going t as if trying to get our attention. Now we were excited to get going with investigating the old licking jail. We started in the basement, down in the drunk tank. Down in this area, we set up some equipment around the lone bed in the room and encouraged anything that may be present to let us know that they were around. The equipment remained largely silent until Ryan called out the name of one of the prisoners who had passed away down there. Immediately, there were a couple of blips on the REM pod. Ryan continued to encourage and asked whoever it was to really try hard and light up all of the lights. 
it wasn't long before the REM pod fully triggered. It was interesting to note that the REM pod remained silent for the rest of the night. Shortly after, the shadow of a person was witnessed crossing the back wall and a door being slammed upstairs. We decided to try out the Estes method. This is where a spirit box is connected to headphones so that the wearer cannot hear the questions being asked. It is believed that this will take out the bias of what is being heard. On this occasion, our sessions were certainly curious, especially with the timing of the responses to our questions. We moved to the first floor cell block and again set up the Estes method. Again, the responses were curiously well-timed to the questions being asked, and only when asked. I was the one on the headphones and had positioned myself down the cell block, well away from the rest of the group. It seemed quite chatty and informative at first, but when I called out the word that I thought I heard, which was tits, of course, this had caused much amusement with the others and led to questioning down another track. Suddenly I threw up my hands and stated, Feck it! as if in frustration. Now, looking back, I do wonder if I misheard the word tits and the mucking around upset whoever it was trying to communicate with us. It started to get quite abusive, especially towards CAG, who had been more challenging after my call-out. My most favourite response of the night, when I pointed to CAG, was Ryan spitting out, Old bitch! Not once, but twice. Ryan asked if he could go on the headphones and the abuse continued, so relieved that it was not just me hearing it. Old Licking Jail certainly produced one of the most curious nights with the ghost spirit box. Was it radio and coincidence? Maybe. The timing of the responses was certainly interesting though, whether radio or the dead talking to us. It was certainly a memorable night with amazing company. I think it was also one of my most fun investigations I've ever been on. In fact, it was so much so that we are returning. Hopefully, whoever it was will be just as welcoming not. Now, that soundscape came from some of our friends. It did, and I was so excited to be able to read that out. That's um, Alison wrote the story, uh, and she travels with her travel buddy, Cag, just like Renata and I travel around the place, and they're a little bit naughty like us as well. Uh, so uh, thank you so much to Adelaide Haunted Horizons for that soundscape. But not only that, there's another very special person mentioned there, apart from the Paranormal Quest boys. Mm-hmm. Who was that? Oh, here we go. This is testing a memory. Was she really listening? Um, Let me give you a hint. We're going to England for this particular reason. Oh, oh, oh. Beth. um, Beth. Yes, of course, Beth. (laughs) Beth Darlington from Access Paranormal. It is her wedding that we are going to, and Alison and Cag will be there. It's going to be a hoot. Oh. Absolute hoot. What could all go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? Is it inappropriate to do an Estes method at the uh, wedding? Oh, <laughs> depends on where they're getting married. Oh, in a, a nice haunted pub, it'll be good. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> Let's stay behind and do it. Okay. All right, Renata. Now, I saw some of the history on this, and I have to say, you've got the better end of the deal this time. 
you've got some cracker stories of various people. I do. And I really want to share them because um, I never knew about them before. And I know that uh, maybe a lot of our listeners don't know about some of these characters. So I'm going to tell a little bit about um, the jail itself. But I'm also going to talk about some of the characters that were there. I was intrigued at the name of this place, Licking County. Yes, you've got to say it very carefully, don't you? Licking County. <laughs> and it is a county and it's located in the central portion of the US state of Ohio. And at the 2020 census, the population was 178,519. And it's probably grown a lot. Um, And looking at the numbers, and I went all the way back to the very beginning of um, this county being formed, uh, it has progressively gotten larger and larger. So more and more people are going to Licking County to live. Must be a good place to live. I wonder if there's a town called Tongue nearby. (laughs) I know they make ice cream there. Um, so, yes. Mm. Yes, I won't talk to you about Virgin Voyages. Check out Virgin Voyages uh, ice cream bar. I'm not going to say it because I'll get in trouble off Renata. Ah, yes. Just Virgin Voyages. That's a cruise ship. What is the name of their uh, ice cream bar? There okay. you go. All right. Segway. So, <laughs> Squirrel on my why, behalf. <laughs> why is it called Licking County? Please tell. That's the next question. So I looked up uh, and it said the Native Americans of the area called the river that flows through the county the Patasakala. And we apologise. Patasakala, meaning clear water. Uh, now, white settlers called it the Licking County because of the numerous salt licks in the area. Oh, hmm. all right. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. And uh, the construction of the Ohio Canal began in Licking County on July the 4th, 1825. Now, the jail. It was designed by a J.W. Yost, a renowned Ohio architect. So famous. And uh, we have to refer really to it as the old Licking County Jail because there is one in operation still there. A new one. Yes. Well, newish, yes. Yes. And uh, the old one first opened uh, in November 1889 and the building is located at 46 South 3rd Street, Newark, Ohio. Now, it's a Richardsonian Romanesque structure and I know you all wanted to know that. Um and I'm not going to explain to you what a Richardsonian oh, Romanesque structure is because... It's a bit goth. I don't care. <laughs> What's uh, that? It's a bit goth. <laughs> and it cost $120,000 to build. Now, it was constructed in pink stan- sandstone. There's nothing more threatening than a pink jail, is uh, there? <laughs> known as brownstone. It's pink. Well, why is it called brownstone if it's pink? Because they couldn't call... A jail pink. It does look brown, though, doesn't it? Oh, look, the photos I've seen, I haven't seen the pink, but I suppose photos don't give you the true colour most of the time, 99.9% of the time. And it was, look, it was quarried near uh, Millersburg, Ohio, so quarried close by. So the front three levels were built to house the families of the sheriff and the jail matron. Uh, And that seems to be 
very much the story of most of the jails. The accommodation for the people that worked there day to day uh, were part of the jail structure. And um, as in our own Maitland jail, they kind of talk about the people that work there as being on call seven hours, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So you kind of became a bit like a prisoner, yeah. even though you weren't. Yeah. There's a lot to give up. To, uh, it reminds me a little of Q Station, where uh, if you went to work at Q Station, but it's probably even more, Q is worse, mm. as Quarantine Station. If you worked there, you actually had to go to clean soil and remain disease-free for 40 days before you could leave. Wow. So yeah. if, if somebody was on death's door in town and you wanted to go back to visit them to mm. say goodbye, you, you couldn't, couldn't leave yeah. for 40 days. Yeah. Wow. So Sheriff Andrew Crilly was the first to occupy the sheriff's quarters when the jail opened and the rear portion of the building was used uh, for the incarceration of male and female prisoners on separate floors. The jail has 32 jail cells, each a minimum of 8 feet by 8 feet in size and there was an official total of 68 prisoners but as we all know yeah uh, well that's a capacity but as we all know with these jails 200 the, yeah the numbers <laughs> yeah the numbers just grow um it was well over the number uh of 68 in most cases of the prisoners that were uh, housed there and that that makes it really really difficult to uh provide any law and order in a place like that and the building was last used in 1987. Not that far. Not that far back. Yeah, not for us. <laughs> yeah. Well, our jail at Maitland closed in 1998. So yeah, it's not that far no. behind it. Yes. So within the walls of this fortress, there have been many deaths and they include four sheriffs and 14 inmates, but they, there are also many infamous murderers mm-hmm. that possibly still call old Licking County Jail home. There's some crackers in there. Yes, yes. So I'm just going to name a few and then I'm going to go in and start to talk about them. So there is a list of dangerous inmates uh, that you can look up. Uh, the one that fascinates me is the handsaw slayer. Yes. The 72-year-old granny, uh, we'll talk about her. Then there's the 22-caliber serial killers, and they were a pair of brothers. And the Proposal Day murderer, uh, who, yes, couldn't take yes for an answer. It not that weird? You'd think if they said no, but couldn't take yes for an answer. Yes. That must have changed his mind. Yes. So there is another harrowing and bloodthirsty death. Oh, and don't we like those? That took place at Old Licking County Jail, and that was the murder and lynching of one Carl Etherington, who was a dry agent detective. Now, what does a dry agent detective mean? Okay, so I'm going to go into that. Ten years prior to a nationwide ban on alcohol, which was known as Prohibition. Oh, everyone threw their hands up in the air and went, oh, my God, we cannot cope with this. (laughs) You know, we're not big drinkers, you and I, but there are days where we just go, yeah, I need a drink. Yes. (laughs) And I've had a a Moscato on standby for you (laughs) and a Sauvignon Blanc for me. (laughs) Yes. So the Prohibition uh, is is all about the distribution and sale of alcoholic beverages and that it's regulated. 
Yeah. Um, and this means, of course, everything goes underground. Of course. It's and still there. It's just like marijuana now. It's all still there. They just go and hide it. Yes. So Licking County was... Do not pause between the Licking... <laughs> I'm just wondering where you're going to go with that. Licking Your pauses County terrify me. <laughs> was, uh, was constituted a dry county, which meant that it was illegal to own or operate a bar within the county. Wow. But Newark, Ohio decided to turn a blind eye to these regulations and they opened 58 bars in full <gasps> operation. Oh, my heavens. As well as several brothels. <gasps> oh, party. Yes. Party in Newark. So Carl Etherington was a dry agent detective. He had to go out and clean up the mess that all of this made. So he had to check on all the regulations and that regulations were being followed and all of that. Trying to catch him out. He was a hated, hated man. Yeah. Hated. So but he was d- doing his job and, and it was a virtuous job. Mm-hmm. So he had to go into Newark and look at these 58 bars and what they were doing. Now, it didn't take long for him to discover that the sheriff and police chief and mayor were all on the take and they were allowing these places and probably many, many more to keep operating. And when he attempted to confront the authorities about this, the captain of the Newark Police Department introduced Etherington to the way the law was handled in their town. So a scuffle ensued and Etherington was beaten badly. So he, the only way he could defend himself was to shoot the person that um, was beating him up, and that's what he did. Now, so re- self protection. Yes. So, but, but, but he realised what he'd done, and he fled, but was later placed into the old jail in protective custody. So he wasn't being held as a uh, a prisoner for the death of that person. No. He was being held there for his protection. Yes. Now, there was an angry mob that Uh formed outside the jail and eventually they got in by force. Yeah, you wonder how they get into that jail by force. Mm, I think somebody must have, uh, oops, I dropped the key. Yes. So Etherington was once again beaten to death inside his cell and then he was dragged out of the jail and lynched to a telegraph pole uh, in the town square. Nice. Such now, beautiful people. Yes. Don't be scared of the dead. Be scared of the living. Now, according to folklore, more than 4,000, sorry, 5,000 people came to see his body. And yes. Oh, I imagine taking the kiddies out for an afternoon. My daughter's freaking out at the moment about walking her daughter to school, Charlie, um, and seeing roadkill on the side of the road. Mm. Because I, I can't imagine like a human hanging there. Apparently um, Hannah took Charlie the other week and there was a dead bunny on the road. Oh, that would be heartbreaking. And Charlotte's going, oh, look at the bunny because it looked intact. Mm -hmm. It didn't look like, and Hannah's just going, it's sleeping, darling. It's just having a little sleep. It won't wake it up. She uses what we use. Um, Apparently the bunny was still there the next week and had started to decay. (laughs) She's trying to use distraction therapy, but she said now she has anxiety about walking to school because what roadkill will be there this week? Yes. Sorry, squirrel. Yes. Now, just one more thing, and I'm not quite sure how true this is, but in the article I read, it said that Carl Etherington was only 17 years old. Yes. 
he lied about his age. Wow. And if you see, they've got a death photo of him that I saw. Mm-hmm. He looks young. Yeah. He wow. doesn't have hair on his chest. Wow. He's got barely, he just looks so young. So he's just trying to do a job, a job. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Which was originally trying to protect the people. Yeah. Because there are some people who can't handle their alcohol very well. And um, it'd be those few that would cause the, the whole issue that made prohibition happen, I suppose. Yes. I don't know the history of prohibition, so uh, I apologise if I'm, I've got it wrong. But uh, I know that the uh, mobsters and everything got involved in there as well. But um, yeah, he. He thought he was doing a good thing, and for a, that's a horrible way to go. Yeah. For a 17-year-old young man. Yeah, terrible. Terrible. Um, certainly there would be residual energy left after such tragedy there at the jail. Well, I'll go into that later, yes. but are you going to tell us about yes. those, those yes. Uh, inmates? Yes. So uh, just a warning here. We are going Trigger. to go into details with regard to some of the murders that occurred by these people. So if it is something that you feel might be a little bit triggering, uh, maybe listen at another stage or just be just be ready for some of the things that yeah, you hear. Yeah, don't let the kiddies listen to yeah. this one. And remember that this is uh, certainly a different time. Uh, it's not to say that these things don't happen now, but it is a different time when uh, these things were occurring. So in December of 1946, lovely 72-year-old Laura Devlin, uh, often referred to as the handsaw slayer, killed her husband Thomas. Now, Arik, I'm just going to put a little warning out there for you. <laughs> Don't push Renata too far. Don't so push her. This she, could be her. Look, this was her last straw, I'm sure. She looks like a woman who'd had a hard life um, in her photo. No, she doesn't. She looks hysterical. <laughs> And, uh, yes, so she admitted to the murder uh, and it was due to him throwing a plate at her. So this was the last straw. Good she, honour. She had been hanging on for a really long time. Yeah. Uh, Abusive and, and relationship. That, yes. And, and that hate had been building inside of her. Mm-hmm. And Arik would never throw yes. a plate at you. No, so never, that, that, never. He'll be safe. No. After the murder was complete, uh, she wanted to ensure that her husband stayed dead. <laughs> She cut off his arms. And oh, then, so he's now armless? Yes. <laughs> and then she it. went on to uh, yeah, cut up the rest of his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, piece and, by piece. Yes, and took uh, his head off as well using a sickle and a handsaw. It's a handsaw. Oh, so hence the handsaw. Right, okay. The handsaw yep. slayer. And she tossed her husband's body. Mm-hmm. Into the backyard. Okay. There you go. All right, fair enough. Chop him up, throw him out. Yep. So two weeks later, uh, thanks in part to keen eyes. (laughs) And a certain smell. Of of their mailman. Oh, Mr. Posty. Mrs. Devlin. I'm noticing a bit of a smell. What's what's going on? And your husband's head laying on the lawn. (laughs) How's he feeling these days? Oh, so, um, oh, I love the mailman's name, Mr. C.J. Butcher. Oh, how, that's, that's bad. That oh, is no. really bad. So she was arrested for the crime. Um, the mailman actually drove her to the police station himself. 
the Newark police found that the torso and the handsaw were in the backyard and um, since she was still in the process of burning his remains oh, no. in the homes, two, two ovens, they found uh, all the other stuff too. Oh, she, was it She's dementia? Doing a bit, no, I don't, no, I don't think so, no. So she was arrested and booked uh, and taken to the old county jail to be incarcerated. Now... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They, they thought that she was suffering from senile Dementia. psychosis. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she was transferred to the Lima State Hospital for a 30-year period of observation. One week later, she was dead from pneumonia. Oh, oh darling. Poor darling. Oh. Now, Proposal Day murderer Walter Benjamin Robertson, a.k.a. the Proposal Day murderer, asked his longtime girlfriend Della Crottinger, or Crottinger to marry him. Now, she 
was very much in love with Robertson oh. and said yes to the proposal. <gasps> That's beautiful. Yes. Um, but unfortunately, death did do them did do did, them did part. <laughs> oh, yeah, dead, death did do them part by way. Oh, I see. Death do them part yes. rather than yeah. Uh, Robertson murdered her on the very same day. So she said yes. He yes. got what he wanted, and then yes, he pleaded insanity. Was he just he that was, happy? He was discombobulated. <laughs> he just realised what he'd signed up for. <laughs> Oh. Or maybe he proposed hoping to get his way with her and she's gone, no, not until the wedding. Oh, maybe. And, and that's it. He's like, well, I've, I've done the ultimate thing to propose here yeah. and I still haven't gotten the pants. Yeah. Now, he, uh, I made con- that up, he, by con- the way. he confessed to the murder um, on the grounds that he was insane or had a, a moment of insanity. And that was a very... Um, Good plea back then. A lot of men actually got off uh, on oh. a moment of insanity. Yeah, it's those bloody women. It pushes them to yes. it every time. Yes, you know. and they're normally just all okay. It's the woman. Yeah, it's uh, always the woman's but, fault. But the physician found that he was quite sane mm-hmm. and uh, able to stand trial. And, um, yeah, he never, ever uh, told anyone what his motive was for doing it. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, so he took that. To, I reckon I psychically grave. picked up on it. I reckon I did I it. Think, I've yeah. solved it. Yeah. Now we have the milkshake murderer. Uh-oh. George Washington Burton. One oh. scoop of malt too many. <laughs> what, what's going on in Licking County? I'm just saying with these people. Know. Is there something in the water? I love I love the names. Or is it they're, the they're growing crops of stuff out there? I don't know. Now, on a visit to the 1020 Pizza and Sandwich Shop... <laughs> Uh, in the small village of Jersey, Ohio, he ran, George Washington Burton, ran into 26-year-old Wanda Peterman standing behind the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, she was taking his order. Now, well, what would you Peterman like, took Burton's <laughs> order for a milkshake and now he paid. He started to leave, uh, not before realising that his milkshake had not been filled to the line. <gasps> oh, they've shortchanged him on his milkshake. <laughs> He was one very disappointed customer. <laughs> you could say that. So she turned he turned around to poor old Wanda and said, You've cheated me on my milkshake and that I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna kill you with a gun. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Now, this wasn't the first time Wanda had listened to... That she'd shortchanged people on their milkshakes? <laughs> she was known in town for this. She just won't give you her full amount of milk. Yeah, and she kind of went, oh, look, this is another weird whatever. guy. Whatever, I'm not going to bother. But he returned and uh, he Wanda. shot her dead with one shot to the chest. Well, she'll never shortchange people on their milkshakes again. No, Poor Wanda. no. Then we have the rum crazed trailer God, murder. There's more. <laughs> there's more. Rum crazed trailer. There, there's I so love, many things I in love, that sentence I, I that know. is just like. Oh my God. Yeah, come on, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be laughing. These are terrible things. I know, but, but it's just. Yeah. Yeah. So this happened in 1952, and Mrs. Bernice Butler found herself drunk. Oh, Bernice. Really, <laughs> and Bernice? In, in, and yeah, another woman. In a rum-induced craze, Ooh. she grabbed her handgun and shot her husband in the forehead. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh, Why is that such a... It's terrible. <laughs> so th- 
rum do something to you when you've got that much of a your system and it poisons you? Is it bad quality rum? I don't know, but the worst thing was... I know was... I hit Penny over the head with a bottle of Captain Morgan once, but it was, <laughs> it was an accident. You know, the, the worst thing was that she actually did this in front of her young son oh, no. and, and her friend. So that's oh, that's no. terrible. Oh, this poor child has now been left without a father and... His mother's gone to jail. Yeah, and she look, she realised that she had done this crime and uh, the realisation had hit her that she had actually shot her husband and when the police arrived, she was literally embracing him, um, trying to kind of get him back, shaking him back to life. And his brains were falling out of the hole. Yeah. That's yeah. awful. Now we have Joanne Thomas. She oh, did, wait, she, didn't get a, she didn't get a um, a a tag. Oh, she's just known she's as Joanne. Just Joanne jo- Thomas. Joanne Thomas. This is 1951, and she went to see her 30 year old boyfriend of five years. Or oh, th- there you go. He well, he made flag. her wait. Yeah, in the 1950s, <laughs> he'd, five years. Yeah, he'd made her wait for too long. Yep. Yeah. So Thomas walked into a produce market uh, in downtown Hi, Newark. Uh, Rizzo worked at the fruit stand. So his loving girlfriend made a beeline to his station. Without a word, Thomas shot and killed <gasps> Frank on the spot. Well, he shot her? Uh, no, no, no. no. Joanne, him. yep, yep. Um, Joanne killed Frank on the spot. Yep. Um, <coughs> it didn't say why she killed him. I bet he was chatting up a girl. But um, but she's come with a gun. Gun. She was ready for action. Yeah, look, we turn into a true true crime show here, or what? Yeah, again, no one kind of really knows why she killed him, other than uh, she had said a couple of days before that that she was planning to shoot him. She's had enough. Mm-hmm. I'm planning to shoot him. And some people tried to tell the police about threats. Uh, apparently, it was very scandalous. So I'd say he was having an affair I'd with say someone. He's, he's done the the wrong thing, or she said, "You you've got to propose. <laughs> or I'm going to shoot you." Yes. So um, yes. she followed through. Yes. I'm making up all too much stories today. He was, he'd, look, he'd made too much fruit salad. I think. <laughs> yummy, yummy. <laughs> Little oh, Wiggles moment there for those who aren't familiar with the Wiggles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we... What's that noise? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, is there any more good ones, Renata? Yes. The murderer... Oh, no. The murder in the house of ill repute. Oh, no. We've got a brothel murder. Come on, bring this one on. <laughs> um... Yes, of course. In the in the um, uh, early twentieth century, brothels were everywhere. They were very, very commonplace. And in nineteen oh nine, George, <laughs> terrible name. Come on, out with it, George, George. George do I need to read your notes? I... Oh, do I need to? <laughs> oh, she's cracking herself up. I can't do it anymore. I don't. I don't get him over the edge anymore. <laughs> George Prickogan. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to say it as best as I can. Oh. He came knocking on the door of 28 East Street, looking for a little entertainment. A little yep. tickle and giggle. And he was invited into the brothel and joined in the conversation. Um, now he was. Uh, it, 
kind of like I think he overstayed his welcome because it says he Time's up and he didn't get he, out. Yeah, he asked um, to he was asked to leave by the girls so they could get some sleep finally. Uh, <laughs> but he didn't really want to do that. And uh, Matt Hurley, who was a current boarder, uh, walked Prokogan to the door and kind of kicked him out and said, look, bugger off. <coughs> now, Prokogan, I'm going to say, drew his handgun and shot Hurley in the side and Hurley died. No, That's it. <laughs> It was all about the name, really, wasn't it? Yes. Now, uh, just to finish off, um, the historic jail is now overseen by the Licking County Governmental Preservation Society and Syndicate, S-I-N-D-I-C-A-T, Haunted House Group, and they run the infamous haunted attraction at the jail. Now, these two organisations have really tasked themselves in restoring and keeping the old jail and its history going yeah. uh, as far as possible into the future, as a lot of these uh, places do need. And um, they're doing a... Sterling job, yeah. Sterling job as a non-profit organisation and trying to raise money for restoration and the use of this old building. And I've got a little bit to say on that too. Okay, so that's me done. And guys, look, don't forget also our Magic Mind deal we had for you in the last two episodes. You heard us talking about it. Um, you'll probably have a couple of days left to use that discount, which was True Hauntings. Pop that into your uh, where it says discount and you get a huge chunk off. It's over 50% off if you um, go into the subscription um, or it's a smaller amount if you do a one-off trial. But honestly, I, I haven't got any left now and I haven't had any left for a few days. And I've been feeling it. I've been feeling it. Yeah. So um, I really strongly recommend it. And no, we are not being paid a cent to do this. It was just a free trial. But now on with the ghost stories. So it's really important to know the characters that are involved in this location because when you go to do a ghost hunt there, you want to call on them. Mm. If they've spent their uh, a good bit of time in there and uh, their, I suppose their essence is imprinted in the, mm -hmm. the brown pink stone of the building mm. uh, and if they've had some sort of trauma, you, you maybe that imprint is a bit stronger. So... And I'm, they sometimes have awesome, like oh, I, should, I shouldn't say awesome, but very distinctive characters. Yeah. So if if you can tap into the emotional state of that character, it can bring that spirit through even more strongly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and knowing the things that triggered them is something that you can use to trigger them again. I suppose. Yes. yes. Uh, all right. So it has had quite a few ghost hunting TV shows go through we've got ghost hunters ghost adventures uh resident undead and a paranormal film called god don't make the laws i would like to go through some of the phenomena that mm -hmm. has been recorded there mm -hmm. and whether we have any association to these residents mm -hmm. uh that uh lived there or were incarcerated there's probably the better way to say it so um oh, oh, 
I don't even know where to start. I've got pages and pages of notes. So I'll just give you a summary of the things that have happened. Sounds of laughter, apparitions, shadow figures, electronic devices, disembodied voices, um, movement of furniture, um, uneasy feelings, slamming door cells, uh, being touched. Uh, so that's that's sort of like a quick rundown. But yep. I'm going to give you some more specific uh, examples. Now they have been doing some renovations, as you said, mm-hmm. and they're self-funded. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've had some workmen in there, and they had an issue that they had the disturbing sound of loud screaming while they were trying to renovate. And we know sometimes renovations can cause issues, mm-hmm. uh, but the sounds were so unnerving and so loud that they actually had to turn the music up to cover it. Wow. I know, right? That's that's huge. Yeah. There's also parts of the, the old Licking County Jail uh, that they've locked off now, um, so you can no longer access these areas. And guests who have come into the jail have heard screams and cries for help coming from the other side of those doors where there is nobody. That would that be, would be disturbing. That would be really disturbing. Mm-hmm. Now, there's many reports uh, of what's gone on, um, but I have found a distinct lack of detail. Uh, all right, I'll I'll uh, get some of these for you. So let's firstly talk about the disembodied voice or particularly disembodied laughter. Now, Alison and Kags, uh, they heard, yes. they heard that as well. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting because I have absolute faith in their reports. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not um, ones who tend to exaggerate what's happened. Uh, but, and this particular report that I read, I found here from Haunted US, was saying that people have heard this disembodied laughter and claim that it is a child's spirit. So they're saying, why would a child's spirit be lingering in a former jail? I think they forget that sometimes prisoners in those early days were quite young. Quite yes. young. Yes. Um, did women have to come in with their young children because they uh, left outside, because there were women and children at this jail, yeah. uh, left outside, they the children would have starved if they had no one to look after them. Mm-hmm. And that happened at Maitland Jail, where the, yep. if there was no one to care for them, they came yep. to jail with them. Yep. Uh, now, there's also reports of apparitions and shadow figures that have seen drifting down the hallways and darting from cell to cell. Now, I did find another description of the shadow figures uh, which of course now I can't find I've just got so many notes everywhere oh here it is Uh, ghostly apparitions wandering around the jail shadows initially um, qualify as black masses they disappear as quickly as they appear now I haven't heard anyone claiming they're demonic or anything like that but I haven't watched a lot of the YouTube shows on this one uh, and this is one of my bugbears is where you you see a shadow and it's immediately called a demon demon or, yeah. or 
negative energy. It's just something that doesn't have the ability to fully form so that it can see what's there. So it's a disturbance of the field, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the uh, one of the most active places, a paranormal hotspot, is supposed to be the dungeon. Yes. Uh, and... It's supposed to be more physical down there and and quite aggressive. People have had their clothes pulled or they're touched. Uh, There's also a report of a heavy chair being thrown across the room. Mm -hmm. Now, are there... Oh, sorry. There was a TV crew also when they were filming something in there. Uh, They went into the sheriff's bedroom and she fainted fainted dead away into the sheriff's room when they got her outside she was fine but was it the location or was it being a film crew you push yourself to the extremes and um sometimes you just forget to eat and drink (laughs) as you do Mm -hmm. and uh she could have just passed out because of that but there was an interesting report from somebody called nelson smith who actually used to live there for about six years in the 1960s when they were in their junior high and high school years and his mum nora was uh the matron and the head cook and the matron's quarters are allegedly haunted by May Verna. Varna. Now, which one was May? Oh, you didn't talk about May. I haven't talked about oh, May. I'll talk about May. So poor old May, in 1953, uh, had overdosed on some medication in an attempt to take her own life. Now, she had her stomach pumped and was brought to Licking County Jail for a bout of detoxification before letting letting her go home. Now, in those days, that's how they treated suicide attempts. Mm-hmm. They would put you in jail. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. But there is a very sad uh, story about this one. So poor May, within 45 minutes of being put into her jail cell, managed to set fire to her clothes and immolated herself on the fourth floor cell, and she died before help could arrive. So that's pretty horrific. That's terrible. But her ghost is said to be there. Uh, uh, Investigators and visitors have reported um, feeling her ghostly presence around the cell where she died. Now, look, I can't help but wonder, is it because they've told the story that they feel empathy towards this poor soul and therefore they're having a physical reaction to that empathy mm-hmm. or whether it's truly May? I mm. don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Carl, poor old Carl, again, a tortured soul, I suppose. Uh, some people, again, have reported seeing or hearing the presence of Carl Etherington trying to escape the lynch mob in the afterlife. Oh, Wow. Mm. But I, there's no specifics on mm-hmm. what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from Haunted US. So uh, I, I'd love to see a little bit more guts to these stories. But of course, I've got to report to you on uh, what the Ghost Adventures people found because, you know... Oh. They're, they're our uh, yardstick, aren't they? Oh, obviously, we need training from them. Yeah. Uh, so there is somebody called Misty who I think I vaguely remember the episode where um, she said she felt like she was bringing people home with her and they went to her home and they got the on the spirit box, hey, Misty. <laughs> okay. 
and a ball of light shoots into Misty's head. Oh. There you go. That wow. is all the proof we need. Uh, old Licking County Jail investigation. They had unexplained noises, loud slams of doors. Uh, EVP of Kingdom Come. Right. They had malfunctioning equipment uh, in the matron's quarter, which was drained. I think I've, I was halfway through telling the story of the guy who lived there, and I've forgotten. I'll go back. <laughs> it's all right. We got slightly distracted. Um, so, yeah, uh, they put in a new one, and it dies again. Then Billy put in a third one, which died again. So there was obviously some sort of battery drain or some uh, malfunction with the equipment itself. Mm -hmm. Not sure. Mm -hmm. They got the disembodied voice of a deep man voice. (laughs) This is a deep man voice. And a thermal imaging camera captured an unexplained heat signature that manifested. Oh. Mm. Anyway, let me go... (laughs) Back over to the page. I'd press buttons and stopped the thing, and oh, it was just a bit of a nightmare there for a second. Right, where was that story? Now it turns out there's nothing more I had to say on that. I found my notes. Oh God, it doesn't take much to distract me, and I'm off. Now I wanted to talk about a report that I found online, and it was from Paranormal Milwaukee. And I want to give them a big shout out and say, wow, what an amazing report they did. They they go through each stage. They listed the equipment used, how they used it, who was present. Um, it's put to shame anything I've ever done in my life. I was so impressed. So they've got things like first floor cell block 10:25 p.m the team upon arriving in the first floor cell block and closing the fire door shortly discussed where people should be seated marilissa after much protesting stayed in the shower area on the north side of the complex the location where inmate martin kelly committed suicide by oh this is pretty horrid slitting his own throat in 1905 while the rest of the team situated themselves throughout the cells and hallways of the block and then they they go through and sort of uh, as each thing they've noted the minutes and mm-hmm. times it's happened um, and at the end of the night this is probably the most important thing evidence audio none video none photograph they did get a photograph due to the nature of photographic evidence does not believe photo um, photos are accurate evidence of the paranormal however photos are taken for baselines and documentation of documentation of trigger and object starting positions so therefore they got nothing there as well mm-hmm. so they spent several hours in there mm-hmm. and honestly said we didn't get anything other than our own subjective experiences mm-hmm. few noises here and there which they debunked and did the best they could throughout mm-hmm. the i was so impressed by it so on big shout yeah. out paranormal milwaukee check out that uh, website now the, the last thing I want to go into here, but seriously, there is not much in the way of reports. I don't think it's been around that long as a haunted attraction for paranormal investigators. Or maybe the, the evidence is as, isn't as compelling. I don't know. But it's all the same thing. Shadows, noises of footsteps. All, mm-hmm. It's all very residual sort mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. noises and effects. Um, they have a Halloween attraction called the Jail of Terror. Yes, and into that takes, webpage. Yeah, yeah, it takes over three floors of the jail. It's based on a paranormal ghost hunt. You start off like you're in a ghost hunt, 
and it just gets worse until you get to the basement. Oh, no. <gasps> I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, so they they said, I wouldn't doubt it would uh, sort of set off the paranormal energy because everyone's screaming and, and running and, and, and fear because of things that are happening. I don't know what happens exactly, but the review that somebody gave of it said that it is done so well. They can't help but rave about the cast and crew at the Jail of Terror, absolutely relentless in their attacks, <laughs> providing countless spine-tingling startles. Their ability to remain flawlessly in character further immersed us into the storyline, not to mention the sinister and borderline lifelike costuming and makeup that these folks possessed. Um, I'd, look, these guys are self-funded. And it sounds to me like they are not trying to pretend there's things going on there that aren't mm-hmm. to hype people up to come in. Um, I don't know why people would hear chanting at this location. That doesn't mm. make sense to me unless yeah. it's just a droning sound that they're hearing. I would also like to point out one other thing that they have as a fundraiser, which I could just see you and I participating in. I think we need to mention this to Maitland Jail. I think they should run this. It is called Jailbreak, and it is a five-kilometre run and walk that starts at the jail with everyone breaking out of the jail to start the race. Oh, Can you imagine that? <laughs> that would be fabulous. I reckon that's great. And look, they are running fundraisers to keep this place open. Yeah, yeah. They really are. Um, so, look. Bless their souls. And the thing is that a lot of people that work in these places just have such a love for them. Yep. I mean, we know our connection now to Maitland Jail has just become extraordinary because it's like we know the characters. We know it's it's our second home. It is. It is. And like I walk into A Block where I always work and I go, hi boys, yeah. hi ladies, hi kitties, how you doing yeah. tonight? Yep. You're ready for a good night. And I treat them like they're still there alive. Absolutely. And, and give them hell. And they give me hell as yeah. well. They call me every name under the sun. But I, I had I don't know. I feel a connection to this place. I really love the vibe they've got going there. Um, is it haunted? Probably. It probably is. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely it's... lots of residual stuff yep. that's going on. Yep. And Alison and Cag said they had a ball there, and they've been twice, so mm. that's how much they loved it. Mm. Uh, would you go and visit? Absolutely. And do you reckon it's haunted? I'd love to find out. Oh, here uh, she I, goes. I think I think it would be. I think it'd have a lot of residual stuff going on. Yeah, and um, yeah, congratulations to the people who are running the the place. I think you're doing a marvelous job, and we will do our best to come over and visit you one time. That would be great. It would be awesome. Anyway, that was our slightly discombobulated version of the old. Licking County Jail. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Share it around with your friends. Uh, we'll be back with more next week, no doubt. And guys, we'll see you on the dark side and be frightfully good. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, or visit their website 
www.anandrenata.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.